God damn it. Now I have hiccups. I'm serious. Welcome to NFL Mayo. I'm Aiden. I'm Luke. I got hiccups right and before we started. Luke is holding his Luke is holding his breath because he's started getting the hiccups. I've never heard of holding your breath. I've heard of being scared. Um, I've heard of like drinking water or standing on your head. I've never heard of like asphyxiation as a remedy for hiccups. That's always the one I've done. Is asphyxiation? Are you? I think I'm good now. Are you able? We were here's here, and you know you're thinking it's a podcast, it's not a radio show. There's no deadline. It's not live. You could get rid of all this, but we were gonna start like three times, and Aiden was telling stories about his life and being an old maid, and then I got hiccups <laughs> because he's funny, and then uh, I decided that we needed the show must go on. I have to work soon. So he said, "Lead us in." <gasps> I literally and did. I go so while you're holding your breath, I, I, and yes. I'm like, "All right." That's what you do though, because you you hold it, and then you hold it so your lungs are full, right? And then I keep gulping in air into my lungs, so it feels like they're like about to fucking pop. And then I hold that, and yeah, it does make you vibrate a little, like you just fucking took a like a like a ready whip can to the dome. But then you let it all out, and then your hiccups are gone. Because isn't that what hiccups now, are? Don't you get hiccups from like a like a like an air bubble in your in your oxygen or something? And so you gotta like. Now my medical assessment of this is that that may be mal uh, maladaptive. I don't know maladaptive. I was approach. taught to hold uh, my breath as a as a kid when I had hiccups, and it's always worked for me. You can't manufacture a scare, believe me. I used to always say the only way to get rid of an ice cream headache uh, or a. Is it what are they called? The frozen brain headaches, brain freeze. Yeah, the only way to get rid of a brain freeze is to keep eating the cold thing faster. Yeah, and I used to be able to convince people that when my, I was a little uh, kid. My dad used to, and I would laugh to inside. Yeah. Oh, oh I, really? I put it in my movie. I put that in break. Like I have, uh, I have. Uh, did I just? Did I just internalize something from your family? No, the, I think it's think a common it thing. Memory? But my dad used to do that when I was a kid. Like you know, eat it faster. It was a dick move. And I was like. Uh, I think I was just an asshole too, and that's uh, why we got along. Yeah, I was just in the throes <laughs> of the worst cryogenic uh, headache. Um, welcome back yeah. to Training Let's Camp Talk. talk. Luke and I are doing. Yeah, Luke and I have been up and at him this Wednesday morning. We chose to go Wednesday because tomorrow is the first official preseason football game. game. The Hall of Fame game. I, I still remember a few years back, it's probably a way back now, when the Bears played the Ravens when Erlacher and Ray Lewis were inducted. And I always thought that was so cool. The Hall of Fame game's cool because it's way ahead of all the other live football. So that's the one that gets a lot of watch because it's the first actual hitting that you're going to see. Yeah, um, Luke, Luke should be quite familiar with the starting Browns quarterback for that game, Kellen Mond. Uh, former third round pick, if I'm not mistaken, for the Vikings. And then we'll probably see a little bit of Thompson Robinson from UCLA, who I'm a fan of. I thought he, he could be a cool late round pickup. That's for the Browns. And then could there be a bigger fall from grace than being T's draft crush quarterback, number two pick in the draft, BYU Mormon King Zach Wilson? <laughs> Then being going from riding high Jets starting quarterback to starting the Hall of Fame game the next subsequent season. I like, gotta tell you, I think that's like the, there's only two options for a big time Jets quarterback. Like you either you either are 
this is something, this is nothing, something, nothing. Like, you know what I mean? And like, that's how fast that market is. Like, watch if Rogers, if Rogers by some, I don't know, satanic intervention ends up sucking this year, they're going to, they're going to burn him down. So, uh, you know, it's a tough town, but you know, I hope, here's what I hope in my heart of hearts that Zach Wilson is not just like the Mario to Johnny Menzel's Wario and that uh, he does pan out actually. I hope, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he pans out somewhere else and gets like a second or a third chance, like a Baker Mayfield or something like that. Um, even though Baker Mayfield that was consistently uh, more talented and also a stalwart QB that helped revive the Browns franchise and is underrated as fuck for that, but whatever. Um, I'm very excited about the Hall of Fame game. I visited the Hall of Fame uh, <clears throat> twice with my dad. I think I've went. I think I went twice with my dad. Um, we grew up in the Illinois version of Canton. Yeah, we were from Canton, Illinois, but we drove to Canton, Ohio, me and my pop, and uh, it was amazing. Um, absolute pilgrimage that any NFL fan should make. I haven't been back uh, since they've done all these renovations. When me and dad were there. The first time the the front steps were like being there's all this construction happening, so much construction to modernize the facility. And then the next year, a lot of the stuff inside was being uh, reconstructed. That didn't take away from the amazing shit they had. It was amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. There's one room with like fucking mirrors and Lombardi trophies. And you feel like you've like blinked and entered the, the Mojo Dojo Casa house realm. Ugh. Um it's uh, a it, dojo casa amazing house. facility <laughs> the, the day the day jared allen gets in, enshrined is, is when i'll go watch the speeches um it makes sense does he still sell a clothing line i don't know i don't know that he does i i i haven't checked i know i know i used to pay g- big fucking dough to get his clothing line he you know what he does, With that high you know what he, does? he builds he builds homes for wounded warriors for, is what he for does vets, yeah jared i have allen the most respect great guy Circling back to Zach Wilson, um, my official take on Zach Wilson going forward is, um, though I think he has the arm talent to stick around as a backup in this league, I don't think he has the mental makeup to ever be a starter in the NFL. Um, Maybe if he goes to a very, very small market team uh, with low expectations and a good supporting cast, he could succeed. But I don't see it. I don't think he has the fortitude or the makeup to be that guy. And I think that this is almost the best case scenario for him. He has somebody come in to take all the publicity off of him. A guy who he admitted was his like quarterback idol. Um, and now we're seeing a reinvigorated Aaron Rodgers who's willing to go above and beyond and do certain things because he's getting the adoration he feels he deserves. So I see clips of him doing little coach-ups to Zach Wilson, and I think that's probably best case scenario. Though Zach Wilson has like so much insane arm talent and can do crazy things at BYU. I just don't think he's got it like in between the ears to sure. succeed in this. Well, look, there's no goddamn shame in not being a hall of fame QB one. Like I, I, I know that's what everybody aspires for. That's the best story, but I'm 30 and working a good job is very important and if you're able to even just kick around as a backup for fucking however many years and he can he can get the fortitude between the ears as you put it to like be a solid like mind inside the inside the room for other quarterbacks and stuff moving forward in his career like being quarterback number 2 is is still 
a good gig. So I, I do hope that he learns up from Aaron Rodgers, and I do hope his experience as a starter plus his experience sitting behind Rodgers, even if it just takes him into a backup role moving forward. Like I don't want Zach to, you know, get flushed down the toilet or something. Especially when we yeah, we'll keep see. giving ample <clears throat> opportunities to people just based on the fact that they were drafted high at one point in their career. Like I feel like that carries a lot of weight in this league still. I mean, he's been a little embarrassing and immature, so hopefully things bounce back from there. But you know, I, I, I we've shit on him, and now I'm like, now right. I'm now I'm in the mood to like hold him in the palm of my hand because it's healing season. He is, he, yeah, he is Kenef. We're gonna <laughs> he is Wilson enough. We're going to nurse that Yo Soy Sufisiakin. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, but dude. Oh, it's like, that was like the translation was. <laughs> That's really funny. We're okay, gonna get, but real. We're going to get endless Zach Wilson in about a week from Hard Knock, so I could change my tune if he annoys me. 100%. So that's exactly what I was going to say. We're going to see a lot of them coming up August 8th premiere. Um, but additionally, um, though it's funny, he's starting the Hall of Fame game. For the viewer's perspective, it's incredibly interesting. Like it gives you reason to watch that game. Yeah, usually you know that game is the like, number two overall pick is right. going to get some run. Absolutely, he's like, the backup. He's got to. You know what I mean? So there will be another, maybe two other QBs, probably one other for the Jets. But you know that Zach Wilson's going to get a quarter at least. Exactly. And he if he comes to. in and balls, you think people aren't talking about it? Of course they are. People so. will talk about it, and that's the best case scenario for the Jets. Is if he in limited capacity can show the talent that he showed coming out of college because then he becomes a trade piece i'm just gonna say this and maybe i'll regret it maybe i'll eat my words very soon you're luke wait wait wait, real quick luke is about to back the green like he does every year with a certain afc team he picks and chooses he's about to be fully behind it because he sees the historical ties with the buccaneers into it dude (laughs) yeah i hope these i hope they do win I hope the Jets do you know, good. This when I pick fun. an AFC team, I pick the I pick the Bengals like three years ago when they got Burrow because I love Burrow, and then you know I stick with that as my secondary team to support. For a while there, I supported the Browns because they were the Ohio team I liked more. But then they got Watson, and I said that's really really gross. Why I would I staunchly ever support, support the Steelers, and I and I staunchly support the Patriots. So. But since I, you I'm said the Steelers, in the Jets, dude, the Jets are fun. Let it happen, baby. All right, tell me, tell me your, tell me your take about the Jets real quick, and then let's circle over to a quick Steelers bite for the George Pickens play. Yesterday. No real take other than the obvious. It's just mad exciting um, to see all these things sort of fall into place. Uh, Dalvin Cook was there at camp, and they started a Dalvin Cook chant. And even though he left without a contract, I could see him coming in and and signing uh, and being another help to the offense to Brees Hall, like. There's rookie of the years on both sides of the ball, like we've talked about. There's Rodgers being like, like I don't know, like like all of a sudden ten years have been taken off his life in the good way. Like he's he's been restored ten years. He's been dipped in the fucking Lazarus pit. He's he seems young and fit and fun and helping people and smiling and being cool and. I mean, just, dude. Maybe like, let's be testament, honest. Maybe maybe it's a testament to how unhappy he was in Green Bay. Or maybe it's a testament that this guy is one of the one of the best performers we've ever seen as a quarterback because Look, man. he is an actor. <clears throat> if that's the case, because he has taken Rogers, on so many different like in the past three years kinds of smoke. He, 
in the past three years, it's like been like a it's been like a, a world a WWE fucking storyline of this guy. Like he's been he's been the heel, he's been the hero, he's been the fucking. Uh, he loves he loves the attention champion. <clears throat> you know, in his eyes. He's been wandering the desert for years, okay? And then they, he finally made it through the other end, and now he's ready to perform miracles. I mean, that's fine miracles. with me. I'm, I, you always say miracles. I never talk about it, I, but I notice it. I've been made fun of for how I say miracle, So and Illinois. I say Illinois a lot, so I've been weird. made fun of by some people for saying those words that way. Miracle. So now I'm trying to correct myself. Uh, I think it's because I grew up saying Miracle Whip, mm. like for the for the condiment. Gross. So instead of saying Miracle, like the word, mm. I always thought like Miracle Whip, like because it's kind of like I you think, know. I don't know if I've said it on the show or not, but I always I would I I don't know if I do it anymore, but I would always say crowns for crayons. I would always just call them crowns. Oh, that eats me up. I hate yeah, that. I always would. So crowns. I would but a crown. All, I don't know if I head. say it anymore. Crayon. Do we have any crowns? Or crown no, I bet you I do. In your, I, in crowns, your mouth. crowns feels a right, t- uh, and I know cat. it's wrong. Right. So, Luke mentioned the Steelers. I'm I would be coffee. remiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luke, you are such a great podcast co-host. Let me tell you, he is always on time, and he never leaves me to just fill the air uh, without any warning. But yeah, since he mentioned the Steelers, I think I'd be remiss not to mention George Pickens who went viral yesterday with an incredible acrobatic catch where he one-handed it while being perpen- or parallel rather with the ground. In coverage was Joey Porter Jr., who was sticky. They were neck and neck down the length of the field. Uh, he gets mossed by Pickens, who stands up, pirouette turns, hands him the football, and then runs over and celebrates with his teammates. Um, you, you have two different kinds of reactions from that. You have people being like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. Going to be a top flight receiver. He's an alien. And then you have some analytics guys being like, oh, look, no separation, which was his mark down coming out of college. And here's the thing. While the analytic minded people are right, receivers who create separation with their route running and quicks are going to be more consistent performers, um, However, there's always going to be a spot on a team for a high point jump ball guy. And not only that, Pickens does have speed down the field. I think Joey Porter Jr. is a very good talent. I've mentioned that multiple times. I do think if Pickens can keep his head on straight, he can be a top wide receiver. What do you mean by that? What do you mean head on straight? Does George Pickens have issues I'm unaware of? Yeah, um, and I said this uh, for his draft evaluation. He had issues in college with his behavior. He was kicked out of games for hitting people. And, like, some of the shit he did was really cool. Like, I think against Wake Forest, he was, like, had a guy by a defender by one arm and literally, like, slung him into the back padded wall and was, like, throwing punches on him but was bullying the shit out of him. But But he he got, like— But he didn't have any issues like that last year. No, but um, he then when he goes into the draft, he's being like goofy as shit with like the mask on his head. And then everyone's like, okay, this guy's kind of weird. And then going into the season, 
Um, there were points in the year when he wasn't getting targets and he was being super annoying and vocal about it. And he's always going to be a guy who's chatting. Like he just had quotes saying like he thinks he's the best player in the NFL or best wide receiver. He's like, I'm the guy you create on Madden with 99 catch, 99 blocking, 99 speed. And like, so that's what it is. He's always going to be vocal. He's always going to be mouthy. He's always going to run hot. And he says he, he lays these nasty pancake blocks. He says he does that because he's so mad when he's not getting the ball. So he wants to always demand attention. And it's cool. It's really cool. And I actually wanted uh, Pickens. And that pick, which we would have picked Pickens for, ended up being Jaquan Brisker, who's one of my favorite players. So I'm okay with that. But I think Pickens is an elite talent. I truly do actually think Pickens is a top five to top ten, somewhere in that range. Talent at wide receiver. If he got the amount of uh, ball share in the offense, or he and or he keeps his head on straight and doesn't like basically pop off when things don't go the right way. Or if things are going the right way, I could see him being someone celebrating like crazy and like ripping his helmet off and getting penalties and shit. You know what I mean? He's always going to be that kind of guy. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a Jalen Carter driving his car like in a street race, but like that Georgia team has a lot of attitude issues. uh, But but you know, like as much as I love Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs is a distraction and it's not crime. It's like, it's kind of like that. He's always going to be... A guy that runs hot. So that's all I mean if he keeps his head on straight. I don't even think he's like a bad person. There are some players in the league I think are bad people based Uh, on their actions. I was just curious. Uh, And, and, you know, Mike Tomlin is the the place, is the coach to be, uh, is the coach to be under for those kind of players. I think he does good with that. I think poor Mike Tomlin has had to deal with actual head cases, uh, like way more so. Yeah. So I think Pickens is probably a walk in the park. Um, I, I hope that if, if Pickett can, can continue to kind of, I don't know, go up on that trajectory. Cause I, I have a lot of belief in him. Um, he's a real Kyle Orton. You think so? You think he's just a Kyle Orton? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think that, I think that an average quarterback in, in a, in a team, maybe that's why I like Steelers. Cause they just can they can overachieve uh, with with whatever they have. They haven't had a losing season look, if, since like oh. If you look like right. a fucking lineman, like if you're working on power lines, then I'm gonna just That's go ahead cool. and give you the Kyle Orton moniker. Cable guy. Um, so uh, hey, I, hey speak- I, have, I have to ask you. Sorry, are you, are we still in training camp? Oh, we're on all sorts of stuff. We're just bouncing around. But I was just gonna talk about Tomlin uh, parlaying that into Hackett and Sean. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, in all of this news at the Steelers training camp, questions were asked uh, towards Tomlin. And he basically mentioned that he's there for it. Like he's excited for week five. He thinks uh, that's must see TV now between the Jets and the Broncos. He hopes that it is airing at a time where he's not going to be playing so he can watch. Um, And that's all to say, transitioning back to Hackett and the Jets real quickly, Hackett took the podium and answered questions on Sean Payton's comments, from which Sean Payton has backed down. Um, and Hackett sort of accused Sean, yeah. yeah, Hackett accused Sean Payton of essentially breaking the coach's code, and it just screamed to me as like some friend who basically does something to get in trouble and then please bro code later. It's like one of those things. It's like, well, you did the thing, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. 
I mean, that's all I'm saying. I guess so. We, I, Sean Payton didn't say something that was groundbreaking. We all know what we saw. It's just the fact that he said it and invited all of that attention to him and his team when well, you play that. When you play the other team. Yeah, I think that we know it was a bad coaching job. Last yeah, year. I just think that coach. Co- yeah, there is a coach code in terms of what you say about another man who's who. I, but I mean, like uh, coaching code aside, like it's just, and we've talked about it then, and everybody else has said it. Why does Sean Payton need to punch down? Like it's so, it's so revealing to 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 his true character and and what's and 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 actually smell. I smell blood in the water if I'm if I'm an opponent. I I smell that this guy is fucking afraid. You don't say that shit. Unless you're like, you don't say that if you're confident. No, like confident people don't feel the need to talk shit to their opposition like that. Confident people, or you know, content people, or you know, uh, I I mean I I think I mentioned that that wearing the analyst hat, he acknowledged he was acting like he was on Fox and stuff. So maybe it was just like an accidental brain fart. Whatever, nobody's perfect. I'm not a Sean Payton fan. I made it very clear. I didn't like him then. I don't like him as a Saints coach. I have respect for what he's done in the league. I don't like him. Um, hopefully, it all works out and uh, everybody kisses each other on the mouth and we're all best friends. I hope it, you know, I don't care if it works out, if I'm being completely honest, because they're not my teams. So, what are we going to talk about next? You want to talk about uh, the Colts running back situation? Yes, desperately. Desperately. That's what okay. I was asking. I was like, dude, we got to talk about this. This is juicy as fuck. Because fuck. that is the juicy. I'm this trying is, this so. Is a, this is just a gusher. Like, you bite in and it just keeps exploding <clears throat> flavor. It's fucking maybe a tropical gusher. Um, because, do you want me to off the dome this? Or are you looking up something? I am looking, looking like a timeline stuff up. of the crimes. Fucking CSI fucking csi miami over there so the problem is here's the thing we i have the timeline of events from the perspective of jonathan taylor and jim ursay but in yeah in uh this timeline in the middle of it while all this was happening this fucking douchebag reporter for the indie star um basically put out like a pro um earsay hit piece on jonathan taylor and naheem hines somehow who caught a stray uh calling them calling them jackasses calling them cavities in the mouth of the team that mr earsay needs to remove and stuff um and it was like it was one of the most disgusting pieces i've read in a long time and it's also super sassy so I was tr- I'm trying to find it but it looks like it's paywalled from and I was just seeing clips of it before Ooh. so I'm I'm not and I'm not even a hundred percent sure of the writer's name but I'm sure you could find it if you're interested and I don't want to name the wrong guy because that would be absolutely terrible yeah but our six listeners are we'll go on a witch hunt that is all to say and I was really trying to find it but it looks paywalled that's all to say it seems like the narrative around the Indianapolis Colts for this whole debacle is te- is seeming to be uh, the team? They're they're behind the team and behind Irsay. Can but you clarify what this that, debacle is? Yeah, before we get to that, let's talk about the entirety of it. So 
This first happened back in minicamp, the voluntary portion of the offseason, where Jonathan Taylor sat out because he was trying to make it clear in the last year of his contract he's going to want to get a pay raise commiserate with production. As we know, a few years back, he was playing at an all-pro level, and he was one of the most electric players in the NFL behind a great offensive line, and I believe that's when they had Carson Wentz. Then they get Matt Ryan. Their offense absolutely implodes. Their offensive line sucks. They got nothing at right guard. Jonathan Taylor plays through the year injured and has a down year last year. So he holds out. Next thing that happens is um, there are issues in training camp where he's still wanting a contract. And apparently we know now behind the scenes there were talks between Jonathan Taylor and his camp with Earsay. Jonathan Taylor had one uh, rep- representative agent. He switched that to a new guy so that, um, I think Malki Kawa is the guy's name, so that he could up the ante and get a little more aggressive in his trade talks. And this is coming off the heels of the running back Zoom call um, from which Saquon Barkley turned tail the next day. So that all leads to Jim Irsay putting out a comment saying that, um, and I think we did. We may have mentioned this on the last podcast. I'm not sure, but he mentions that the CBA was negotiated, and for any specific position group to try to renegotiate now is is doing so in bad faith, and that the um, any agents selling this narrative are acting in bad faith. And from that, Malki Kawa comments, "Not paying your top offensive player is bad faith." That leads to. A behind-the-scenes uh, bus inner like sit-down conversation go. Go. between Jim Irsay and Jonathan Taylor at training camp, which everyone's like posted up outside of like waiting to see what happens. Within minutes after this meeting ends, it's reported that Jonathan Taylor demands a trade. Now, apparently, he had already demanded a trade behind the scenes a few days prior. It was just now becoming public. Right after this, a camera is put in front of Jim Irsay where he has the quote, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. <laughs> so hard. The league goes dude. on. Oh we God, know that. On so much coke. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes, and it's a privilege to be a part of it. Cool. That's an outrageous thing to say. So after that, Jonathan Taylor talks about wanting the trade. Then it escalates even quicker because the trade talk gets brought up. Jimmy Irsay says, we're not trading him now. We're not trading him ever. We're not trading him in October. So then that gets, Jimmy Irsay gets the final word on that. Then the narrative gets brought up. Well, okay. Jonathan Taylor is probably going to do a hold in because they've made it financially onerous to hold out. So that means you essentially um, inflate the the severity of an injury so that you don't participate and risk yourself for real severe injuries, but you still keep getting your paycheck because you're present. So he's attending camp with like a hoodie on, like shuffling like an old person. And now it's reported that the Colts are potentially going to place him on the NFI list, the non-football injury list, for a back injury he supposedly disclosed earlier in camp, which occurred outside of team facilities, so that they can withhold his contract this season. 
I just wanted to make sure my sorry. I last week my audio cut out twice, so I wanted to make sure it was catching all this. I appreciate hot, hot that. Fire. I appreciate uh, that. So he may not get his entirety of his contract this season if they place him on the NFI list, and more importantly. He would not accrue another season of NFL play, which would allow him to become a free agent because he's on the last year of his second round contract. So after this, Jonathan Taylor tweets, I've never said I had back pain. uh, Not once. I don't know who your source is, but find new ones. So what this is now brought up is, is this a he said, he said, she said situation where they're trying to basically fuck over their star offensive player. And I say it that way because he's not just a running back. Then you've got Irsay saying like the Colts take care of their players more than anyone, blah, blah, blah. So Luke, I want you to tell me your, your take on the situation. And then I'm going to follow up and book into about Irsay and the Colts in general right now. Um, I don't know if I've said this before, but it's a thought that's been in my head. Uh, like recently when people in positions of power, um, have this sort of inflated sense of self-importance and then they make these comments and I'm just seeing it in like every horrible avenue and it's it's probably always happening and my eyes have just been opening to it but God help me or God help anyone who gets to the point in life where they have however much money or uh, say in, in, in something power where they think their opinion is that important like because that's the day you start saying stupid fucking shit. And that's the day where you start like putting yourself out on the line where you don't even realize that you're the fucking joke. Ursay looks like a fucking joke. Um, and it's, and, and, and he doesn't know that because he's so goddamn out of touch. And I, I, I feel really bad that this is adding gas to a, a fucking roaring fire of running backs being undervalued and underpaid in the league. I think that I'm happy how public this is in the face of that. So everybody can see how gross it is and we can keep putting names to faces. And like, I I think it's a rookie fucking move by Ursay to bring this unneeded attention when you're trying to get something started with a rookie quarterback. I think it's, I think it's awful, and I think I'm so sorry to cut you off. They have the money, and why they have so much cap space, and why would you not re-sign their top offensive player to take the burden off of your running quarterback you drafted? That's it. Sorry, real quick. No, totally. But it's like, and you know, there's people that can get away with this, and it's okay, like where it's their brand. Jerry Jones can do this, and 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 that's Jerry Jones, and that's the Cowboys. This Jim Irsay is not Jerry Jones. Not, not. I'm sorry. He's just not. I understand they, 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 uh, they have rings. That's great. Um, it's, it's stupid. So, the unneeded attention's horrible. It's gonna fuck up their whole training camp. I, I think maybe he knows the Colts are gonna suck anyways this year. I mean, they should, right? Um, but, but alienating such a, such an important weapon that you could have had it. Like, I don't know. You, you could have tried to lock down and make a career Colt just for the good of the fucking locker room. Like, it's just that. I I don't know. It doesn't cross. It doesn't cross the mind of a man who has continually made questionable decisions over the past three to five years. Like I mean, like that's that's exactly what I want to talk like, about. By the way, is like, that like what do you like what like what kind of self sabotaging shit is going on inside the Colts world? Like 
I could argue until I was blue in the face on why you do Jeff Saturday last year, right? Um, just because I get it, but also it was stupid. <laughs> like, all, it was stupid. You know it's stupid. You know you're taking a big gamble there. Um, and yeah, it blew up he in their won face. one game, their yeah, first like, game back, and then he right. lost like seven in a row. Right. So it's like so many bad decisions from 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 the brass and he's the fucking brass dude i don't know i hate it i think it's gross and if he's and if they're lying about jonathan taylor having an injury that stinks dude it stinks so bad like coming from a guy who was on his fucking high horse about dan that's Snyder. literally you could make comparisons to Iger in the the rider strike with shit like they're that. paralleled like, right now it's very they it's are very parallel intriguing. it's very the, intriguing. the running back situation they're like okay the running backs are trying to unionize let's yeah. fucking bust this union up real quick oh yeah let's find ways to uh hurt pit, hurt their wallets so that they have to report to work like you, that's you what saw, it is. Speaking of Jerry Jones, you saw what he said, right? About it, he's like, uh, I, like, I may have missed. He's like, well, I mean, we got to pay Mike. Was like, well, you know, we got to do. We got, we have that. We need that money to pay Micah Parsons. Is like literally was his quote. Like for about, what for about regarding paying who running backs. Oh, like, okay, running backs. Yeah. I was. They're not wrong. Um, <clears throat> so to follow up on the hearsay comments, um, I've been looking into hearsay more and more. I've been watching videos recapping the situation. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about his father, former owner, um, who apparently was pretty abusive to his employees and struggled with alcoholism and stuff like that. Um, apparently the treatment of the employees was something that Jim Earsay, a young Jim Earsay, was very like adamantly opposed to his father's treatment. So when he took over, he made it a point to treat his employees super well. And from all regards, he was a great owner when he was younger and they did see success. They drafted these obvious Hall of Famers, beat the Bears in the Super Bowl, unfortunately. But it sure seems that, and not even to chronicle Jim Irsay's own struggles with, with different substances, but like sure, as, is, as he gets I'm not older addiction. I'm just saying, as he gets older, it seems that the the whole staunchly um, standing for treating your people well has started to take a backseat for the attention that he can generate for himself or the control that he can exert on this team. Unduly so. Because what he's done in the past few years has been pure overreach from an owner's standpoint. So you've cycled through multiple veteran quarterbacks. Not just that, you had to have the most vocal comments about it the whole time. You had to talk all about Carson Wentz when he came in and how he was like the fucking fit with religion, with your head coach and bullshit. And we see Samir say behind the scenes in Hard Knocks and we see Wentz behind the scenes with Frank Reich. That all happens. Then you got to go out and talk mad shit about Carson when it doesn't work. And you got to dog on him in the public sphere, which you didn't have to do. So then you say you got to get someone good. You got to get the fucking, uh, the guy who's got maturity. You get Matt Ryan and your team absolutely fucking stinks. So then you decide I'm going to take over and hire the coach. You say, I don't know how sausage is made, blah, blah, blah. I think he had that stupid fucking quote, but I know like a good sausage. Okay, cool. So you go hire a guy. All the Colts fans are like, let's just see what happens. They win their first game and they're like, see, see, and then they lose seven games in a row. And then another egregious thing to me, 
You lose to the fucking Texans, your inner division rival, on a Hail Mary, granting the Bears the number one pick, putting you in the top five, two spots away from the Texans at two, in position to trade up with the Bears at number one, where you could have included Jonathan Taylor in the trade package, and you could have got the number one pick and snaked it away. Now, it didn't work out exactly like I thought. I thought Houston would trade up. Um, Houston ends up getting one of the two highly lauded quarterbacks, though. They get Stroud, whereas Bryce Young goes to the Panthers. And let me say this. While I think Anthony Richardson has the potential to be incredible, and he's looked great in training camp, and he's superbly athletic, his intermediate and short passing is fairly scattershot. You know who's isn't? Bryce Young. You know who's lighting up Panthers camp and who I think is going to win that division? Bryce Young and the Panthers. Bryce Young's going to be good. I'm telling you right now. So I think that is another potential fuck up. I believe in Bryce Young a lot more than I believe in CJ Stroud. I said that coming out, uh, that I was Bryce Young over Stroud, and I'm an Ohio State guy. And I said at the time, Irsay was so fucking vocal on Twitter about the trade and about the draft and all this shit and overreaching his fucking influence on everything. So then he gets his... Now we get to this, and he decides that he's going to fucking absolutely blackball his best player. To like, to me, it seems that since um, Snyder's out, and he's the oldest and longest tenured owner, he wants to be the guy that's doing the owner's side of the owners versus running backs. You know what I mean? He wants to set the fucking table and set the pace on these negotiations with running backs and be like, this is what we can do. You guys want to have a Zoom call where you talk about holding in and faking injuries? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it an injury you got outside of camp, and then let's see where we're at. You'll report. Trust me. That's how I'm seeing it, and I it's mean, fucking disgusting. It, it worked it's in New York. It's fucking gross. It worked for Saquon. I mean, he had no choice. Like, he had no choice. They didn't the threaten that. There's, they I'm didn't just, threaten they that. They didn't, but I'm just saying, like, the leverage is almost non-existent. <clears throat> but here's, here's what I'm, I'm seeing straight up that people are willing are reaching out about Jonathan Taylor and multiple teams are willing to offer an extent uh, extended contract. Like I don't I, buy I, it I, until I see it. I'm just saying uh, that's what's on NFL network. Um, so I, I don't know if Ursa Ursa is petty enough to not do anything um, and not take a trade. I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's like a microcosm of like, you ever notice like there are, people in like their 50s or 60s that were like mad liberal in their age and like these total like you know what i mean or or not like not yeah then they get older and their brains hit a point and you well you just can't do it anymore like you you i think the old dog i think traditionally the dog hits the point where there's no new tricks and that's as far as you can think and so there may be merit to that you know and and that's where you get set in stone and i'm really afraid of it because i watch it happen you know what i'm saying and i wonder if that like look what you're saying about ursa like yeah he was probably the coolest fucking guy in the room compared to what what, whatever the fuck his dad was doing but you know what the coolest guy in the room and being real nice to your employees in the 90s or whatever the fuck is a lot different than treating people the right way in 2023 you know what i mean so i just wonder i just wonder if, if if that's what we're seeing and like the way we're starting to see really young players and young coaches start to make their way into the league and make waves. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, a youth movement is not the worst thing right now. I get it. Considering the a values rant? that I think we want in the league. 
random thought that I had the other day, reflecting on the fact that there are a lot of owners in the league that are getting quite old in age, just if we're being quite frank. Oh my God. And so you start, you know, the thought creeps in, are they acting erratically due to like you know, starting to get older on in in age. But then I had this thought, like, if I'm an older owner, you know, maybe like an Earsay, maybe like a Jerry Jones, at at a certain point, if if they're already encroaching on the, the front office aspect of their team, why don't they just be like, look... I'm getting there. Let's just trade all our picks and go for it, brother, right now. Let's well, just Jerry I Jones need a is Super Bowl GM. right now. You that's, know what I mean? That's he, the is. he is. I don't think Ursa is the GM. No, but like, he's acting like it. I know. But no, I hear you. No, Jerry he's Jones is He's negotiating with Jonathan Taylor. Like he is in the public forum via yeah. X, formerly twitter.com. He is negotiating so with Jonathan. It's dude, the whole world is burning. This is all this shit like, sucks. Really? What did they do to us? What the fuck is this world? Dude, okay. Let's talk about some cooler stuff. There have been electric plays in training camp and highlights that have come out on social media. Um somebody who I forgot to um chronicle last week was Jackson Smith and Jigba's performance for the Seahawks, he has been not only turning heads, but people are saying he's next. Like, and I was right. And I'm he's unless he gets hurt, he's gonna be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Just wait. I'm telling you, he's that good. People can't do the kinesthetic things he can do. He is simply he's, too good. He's we gotta find a way to make money off this. Simply too good. Okay, so JSN's been really good. Um, I've been hearing reports that Bryce Young is tearing it up. Um, Mozzie Smith had some strange comments in an interview, former Michigan nose tackle, where I don't know how much of it is authentico or how much of it is like trying to be hype, but there he's like, yeah, I don't even like football like that for real. He's like, I just like hitting motherfuckers. And they're like, oh. And then at the end, they're like, "Um, how do you like, you know, harness that kind of, um, you know, passion? He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, you can't be your L too early. And nobody caught what he was actually saying. And I'm not going to say it because we're not going to get too nasty. He said B or L? Yeah, all over some T's. Like, do you no, mean no. blow your... He, did he say... He blow, literally blow said... No, he said, no, you can't blow your load too early. Literally said that in the interview. And no one caught it. No one caught it. And you I know, laughed out loud. I was like, what? I wonder if, like... Cowboys is, nose tackle. Is that phrase, like... Obviously, it takes on the connotation of... Of a, of a, it's of a, a euphemism, messy, a messy cum shot, but is uh, <laughs> is uh, like blow your wad, blow your load. Wasn't that more of like a like a like a like a like a saying back in the day for like going all in with your money or like you know what I mean? I don't like, know. It, I'm not courting a woman and taking her to get a milkshake. I'm not living in the 1960s. I'm not freaking <sighs> out over Elvis Presley. Like I, know. I don't know. That's, we know what it means right now. That's a good point. I'm just saying maybe nobody was clutching their pearls because I don't think mean. they knew what it meant. Yeah. You don't want to blow. Yeah. I mean, he's right in any respect on the football field or anywhere else. It's probably true. Um, what else we got, Aiden? What uh, else is there to talk about? JJ's There's some major injuries. I'm really happy with Justin Jefferson still hustling at camp. Um, he's not looking good, dude. He's looking incredible at yeah. camp. The plays he's making are. Chris, Chris Carter said that he Ugh. saw JJ and he looks even better. 
Chris Carter said the best wide receiver in football got better. And I'm like, yay, yay. Well, I'm, I'm ready for that. Here's the thing. Ever since Justin has been tearing up the league, I've always been waiting for somebody to just absolutely lay a lick on him that hurts him because he's very thin. But he's so smart in the same kinesthetic sense I talk about with JSN. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, JJ's probably better. He he has a, an acute awareness of where his body is positioned and where other people are positioned on the field. And he avoids big hits. And even when he gets hit fairly good, he gets up and gets in their face. So he's he just the whole package. Up. He's like he's made the of whole package. And maybe in a I, couple years when he's a little older, he can't take shots like that. But right now, dude, like... I don't worry about him. Knock on wood, I don't worry about him. I'm just like he. I have. I've haven't had this much absolute trust and belief in a player since like Peterson. Where I'm I get it, like, man. Who, whatever and happens, he's going to take care of us. I'll definitely talk about um, a couple Bears corner rookies who are looking pretty good at camp right now, and they have a competition going. And we drafted two long athletes who were known to press, and I'm hoping that they can get up in him, but it's not likely because nobody can. JJ's very good. You guys are about to break him off. Um, so let's oh, talk Daniel about Hunter, some of the injuries. One more thing. Oh, Daniel okay. Hunter Go finally on. signed the one year, uh, a one year with us, so he's officially on contract with us. I just wanted to mention that for you. Do you understand why I found that to be potentially bad business? And I guess a lot of people are saying it was the obvious move and it makes the most sense. Do you get why where I was coming from with that? Uh, explain no i don't i i don't understand why it's a bad move i i personally so here's my thing if you're if your gm in front office is gonna self-admit that you're doing like a soft rebuild and you're retooling this offense and trying to churn it while keeping some key pieces what with the intentions of remaining competitive um it would seem to me that your most valuable players who are in contract years who are showing um, disapproval with their current rate and are holding out should be the ones that you're trying to shop and get at least a small amount of value. Like when Ryan Poles came in, we had players in that position and he shipped them out for what a lot of people were saying was kind of like mediocre draft capital. Like you maybe could have got more like was Robert Quinn worth a fourth round pick? Absolutely. He did nothing for the Eagles. He got on injuries or very quickly, but like at the time, a guy coming off an 18 and a half sack year for a fourth, that's crazy. So what I'm saying is you have Dalvin cook who's showing displeasure with his contract and you cut him. And then now he's court being courted by all these teams. And maybe you don't get much for him, but I would like to think if the jets and the, Dolphins are potentially competing for his services. One of them would have flipped a late round pick. Then you have Daniil Hunter openly displeased with this contract. And I understand that he's a long tenured player with a lot of success and probably one of your top sack performers, um, like in the history of the Vikings, like this is the the last chance you're going to get to get some value recouped for him. If you're actually trying to rebuild in any capacity. So, Instead I of think doing that, you as an outsider are getting too caught up on the idea of a rebuild with us. I don't. I understand that they said that quote, and you've really ran with it because whatever, whatever. It, I just don't feel that way. Like I think that I, I feel like the things you're saying are things we did by by having to to part ways with some veterans that had huge contracts and stuff. You know what I mean? It's sad to see Thielen go. It's sad to see Dalvin Cook go. Those are big big chunks of money that are gone now. 
um, Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins, along with a good handful of people, are done with their contracts after the season already. You know what I'm saying? So like, getting Daniil Hunter for one more year, a guy who had ten and a half sacks, who's 28 years old, who is gonna potentially fit perfectly into Brian Flores's uh, reign. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's worth. I wouldn't say a soft rebuild. I'd say a, a hard all in the season and let, let the chips fall where they may. And you have to do what you got to do. Like we're making it, we're trying to go to the Super Bowl. Sure. I get it. And I said that I said, it totally makes sense. And I totally get it, but I said it is potentially bad business and my whole, and I was kind of building to this. You sign him for the potentially 20 year, one year deal or 20 mil, one year deal, 17 mil up to 20. Um, with specifically a no tag clause. And to me, that says 90% chance Daniil Hunter is not on the Vikings in 2024. He is going to hit free agency and find a new team. So if you have two of your best players who you know aren't going to be on your team in 2024. Who's the other one? Cook. Cook's not on our team at all. Exactly. I'm confl- I'm adding them together because they were both ne- uh, negotiating and displeased with their contract this year, where you could have traded both. Copy. That's what I'm saying. If it yeah. was the rebuild. So I'm saying, all I'm saying is from a business perspective, in 2024, you will not have either, most likely, with no draft capital. And from my perspective, I don't think you've hit on any Questy draft picks yet. Actually, well, like I don't think any of them have for like two years. So like, I but mean, I, but the bears have had provable hits already. Like Jaquan I, Brisker was a hit. Braxton Jones was a hit. Like, and we've had like comparable picks. Like I'm always going to do Kyler Gordon to booth arguable Kyler Gordon above drafted later. Jaquan Brisker to scene are above cause scene was hurt, but they're both really good. But scene was hurt. Like all I'm saying it's, is, it's you're so not hard giving yourself ammunition after, to rebuild. After so like what's the plan? Is is the, the plan. plan is we're trying to win a Super Bowl this season? Okay, but the let me say is, this then: is Brian is and also bad business. Whatever is Daniel Hunter not incentivized to get 25 sacks and get a contract somewhere else after we win a Super Bowl? Like you know what I'm saying? So no, like, yeah, he is. But so you're that's not good for win us. A Super that's Bowl, good for the Vikings. From my perspective, I'm just saying that's good for the Vikings. We won 13 wins on a team that wasn't as good as the way this team looks. But it was anomalous. It was, but it doesn't have to be anomalous if we put the right pieces in to make it a proper 13. Right. I get it. I'm not trying to be mean. All I'm saying I is— I don't think and you I, are being mean. But I, I may think, be over I the top being... on the re, the rebuilding aspect. All I'm saying is I get going all for it this season, especially if it may be the last one with Kirk. It's, it's just that you aren't kind of setting— year you aren't setting yourself up for the future as well as you could be. And I get that that would potentially be lessening your chances for this year. That's all I'm saying. You're yeah. you're kind of changing the graph a bit and like spiking one year and lowering another by not trading those matter, pieces. I think that if the Vikings come, come out and perform this year, there's a lot of goodwill and people that are going to want to stay anyways. And the people we are resigning are setting us up for the future. We are going to resign Jefferson. We are going to resign Hawkinson. We probably will extend Kirk if he's still good. Like it's all, I think, I think it's, I think it's better set up than what you said, but I understand that. Like, I think that your brain is your full rebuild mode and a bears fan watching your team strategically build to the draft. Unlike, unlike many teams have recently. So like I understand, and and that's always been your perspective, anyways. It's not mine. That's how like, I've always wanted. You know to what do I mean? It. It's not. I mine. think that's I, the right way to do it. I kind of like our free agency mode, and I kind of like our trades, and I I I like what we're doing internally. Um, I understand that it might be 
a supernova um and we could but you know i like supernovas i had the time of my life last year you ne- exactly last year was so fucking crazy exciting for you but, um, but kirk's a, a tweaked a tweak away from our season crumbling so like watching Bur- watching that happen to burrow has got me on edge yeah and speaking of tweaks we should definitely uh highlight a few injuries so um jalen ramsey ended up having the complete meniscus repair he will in fact be out till december about that you were right which is unfortunate because um he is still an elite player on a team that is going to compete in a very difficult division uh some other like big injuries tim patrick for the broncos sadly tears his achilles on a non-contract that he was just stemming out of his route um and this is on the heels of him tearing or I think tearing his ACL last uh, training camp. He was last out for season. Hearing, yeah. So yeah. it's back to back, complete, you know, season ending injuries, and it's on this Broncos team that also lost another wide receiver this week, KJ Hamler, who was diagnosed with like a mild like heart irritation inflammation. I don't Fair off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what it was called, something chondritis or something. Um. Anywho, he hit waivers. I'm not sure if that means he can potentially be claimed by another team. It looks like the prognosis isn't necessarily bad long-term, but uh, he did have to go through the waivers process, so they may end up losing him. So that's two wide receivers that you're losing potentially for the season. On the heels of your coach, talking mad shit unprompted and then getting dogged for it, and your superstar quarterback who everyone's saying is going to bounce back, has to prove that. So not looking good for the Broncos right now. Um, Former Broncos guard Dalton Reisner, who um, notoriously got into it on the sideline with the backup quarterback. If you remember that on the sideline where, yeah, he's visiting the Vikings. Come on in. I need some fire, baby. I actually think Dalton Reisner's good. Fine with me. Um, I'm very, very... I'm very, very interested in uh, any any player with high energy right now. I'm I, like like I've been saying, it's all in this year. So there are a few other injuries. Garrett Wilson has a low ankle sprain. Um, the Vikings Cooper have Cup. a few guys on the on the injury report, like Brian O'Neill and Madison, Kenny Nwongu. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup is out. They weren't very forthcoming, I guess, with his injury. Potentially a hamstring, it looks like. And then the Bears have a couple guys out, like Roshan Johnson and Nate Davis. Um, and then our coach is just absolutely giving no insights for that. Um, do we have enough time for me to talk a little bit about Bears training camp? Or... Yeah, you can okay. talk about you can talk about whatever you'd like, my friend. Something I didn't talk about last week, which I thought about right after we ended the pod, and I was gonna jokingly do this uh, just to rile you up, but it's not true. So like. The Bears drafted a guy named Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati in the fourth round. And at the time, a lot of pundits were calling it a steal. He was ranked as like a top 50 prospect by a lot of outlets, and we got him in the 100s, um, mid, middle 100s. And he's like a track star, like a junior Olympian he's sprinter. A track star. He's very small. So like the best way I can describe it, and you may have heard me talk about him on the draft pod, um, he's like Darnell Mooney 2.0. Late round pick, super fast, but not just that. Um, like slight build, but the personality traits are so endearing. He collects ba- uh, football cards, 
um, and talks about it. He's always been a Chicago sports fan, even though he's from Ohio. His dad looks just like Mike Singletary. It's uncanny. Uh. Um, he has like a bunch of Chicago cards and stuff. Um, he's one of those guys that knows the history of the league and the team and talks about it. Is like super that. well well mm. spoken. He's mm. like front of the classroom taking notes and shit. Played running back, so he has like a running back's mentality, and he's still transitioning to wide receiver. And Luke. He is cooking people at Good. camp, cooking Good. them, cooking them. And I was going to say last week, it's crazy you guys traded to, or that you guys got Addison when we got the better receiver in the fourth. I don't think that's the case, but I, it looks like Tyler Scott is about to be a steal. And that's crazy. Um, Chase Claypool had a good practice yesterday. He's starting to look up. DJ Moore is nigh unguardable at camp. And the cool thing is we drafted two rookie corners. Tyreek Stevenson traded up in the second. Terrell Smith in the fifth, I believe, from uh, Minnesota. He's like a fifth-year senior from Minnesota. And that fifth-round pick is competing. He may be a fourth. I think he's a fifth. He's competing so much that they're rotating him with the ones. And they're, like, both looking good, which it looks like our draft class is going to fucking hit right now. Um, we didn't tell the story about Darnell Wright, but Luke and I talked about it privately. Darnell Wright, our number so 10 awesome. pick offensive me tackle where I live. Yeah. So he looked kind of like rotund in our team photos at minicamp, but we always knew he was like a superstar upper echelon athlete. Like he had a RAS score relative athletic score of like 9.6, which compares your athletic measurements to all others at your position for like the past 15 years. Um, 10 being the highest. So going into the off season uh, break, he accidentally looked at the wide receiver tight ends endurance test measurements, which are obviously longer distance, shorter times for the endurance test. And he goes and trains for that. I heard he lost 16 pounds. It might have been six, but it, it could be anywhere between there. He hires a personal chef with his first round pick money, and he goes and trains for the wide receivers conditioning test, comes to camp, and doesn't even break a sweat running for the the offensive lineman, and tells the the beat reporters that in the press conference. He he was sounds embarrassed. Modest. He was embarrassed about it. It, it. I understand why, but no, dude, fucking own that. That's so. That is so awesome. That is scary for the fucking league. Like, an offensive lineman that is in skill position shape. Are you shitting me? Like, I'm telling you are right you now. Shitting me. In the videos I've seen as a right tackle, I've seen him pulling across formation t- to lead on the left. So far, I can't imagine. And clearing I, out linebackers. I can't imagine. Like, I, I think that he is gonna have a great fucking year. It's amazing. I grew up playing lineman all my life as a boy. Um, I know what it means to be in that good of shape. Uh, I was not a big guy. Um, but I remember like, holy shit, man. Like the first year, I think, what was it? Like our junior year, we got in super shape where everybody could just do anything. And it was like, so fucking useful. Like, you know what I mean? And your lungs, you don't even feel your lungs at that point. You're just so, so in shape. Yeah, oh, it's insane. It's insane. Like, so I think it's very easy, like, to hear that he hired a personal chef, to hear that he's in this good of shape. Like, dude, I'm I'm in awe of that man. I am a very big fan now. Um, that's awesome. Even if he did it on accident, fuck it. Sometimes you, sometimes you do good work on accident. 
You know what I mean? It's better than doing something wrong. He did nothing wrong over break. All he did was grind. It oh, seems no. that I accidentally worked too hard. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and he seems so like ashamed. Like, look, it's he's very. All of these rookies that we've got are so endearing. Guess to the what? Fan I'll base. give you this too. I watched. Uh, I watched them sit down with Eberflus and and Folk at a. Uh, at camp, and um, he's not a dick or anything. Eberflus, like, it, it, he's not hard to like. He, he seems no, he's like just a, a football guy. He's like a he, Dan Campbell type almost. But you less... know what he seems like to me? He seems like just a just a dad drinking a Bud Light and cooking on the grill. Like, you know what I mean? A fit yeah. dad though. He is in shape too. Oh, he's he in is... shape like crazy. He's got a barrel chest. He's pretty big. He's a linebacker. He he's played slimming linebacker. down though. Like I'm telling you, they were talking about it. He looks good. Oh, um, um, so yeah, he was a linebacker and then he coached at Missouri for a while and that's where he got into the like Tampa two, four, three, which is what we run, which is what we historically ran with lovey. So the thing is, and I'll always say this, when you get a guy like a Matt Eberflus instead of a Brian Dable, you may not have the offensive output that you could have had in the continuity of keeping the offensive mind at head coach instead of at OC where if they do well, they leave. You know what I mean? But when you get a guy like Eberflus, he's going to assuredly set a culture and a tone in the locker room and an expectation where players, if they don't meet it, they will not play. So that's what's happened. That happened last year. And now we drafted a bunch of dudes, 10 more guys, and everyone has come in and our team is so young and Everyone's not getting paid that much because we are reshaping the roster. So everyone's so goddamn motivated to get paid that everyone's coming in hungry and playing as hard as they can. And it's so refreshing to see, dude. I love it. And it's like, I'm so pro player at this point in my life as an adult now, but it is kind of interesting seeing these running back debacle across the league where I know I don't have any vested interest currently because I have a running back committee composed of a like fifth or sixth round pick Khalil Herber on his third year, a one year deal for Dante for uh, Deontay Foreman, who's like th- 3 million and then a rookie. Like I don't have to worry about that right now. Like our team is so young and hungry. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, my team's kind of directly part of the problem with the running back thing. Um, we weren't willing to give Dalvin the money uh, despite production, and I, and I do he get it. He fumbles a lot last couple of years. <clears throat> yeah, but he's still been very, very productive, very, very useful, so it's a bummer. You want to know what other Viking? I mean, obviously if Dalvin goes to the Jets, it's going to bum me out, but a Viking who I've been predicting to pop off who definitely could with Rodgers is Conklin, man. Like, I think Tyler Conklin with Aaron Rodgers in New, uh, in New York, look the fuck out for it. I, I, I'm I'm telling you, it could be like a ten touchdown season for Conklin. Like I, I can Why just not? feel it in my bones. I can just feel it in my but he's very talented and I think There's I only that, one I, thing keeping him from doing that, and that's a better tight end named Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. We'll see. I mean the Vikings decided to go the Irv Smith route and ditch T- Conklin and I always thought it was a mistake. Like Conklin's good. And Kirk loved Conklin. Yeah, Hawkinson's about to get a fatty. Uh, I love so, I, in case we didn't um, put the final word on Burrow, it is a calf strain. Uh, so he'll be out probably the whole um, preseason back week one is what it's looking like. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like the sound of it. I don't like the look of it. Bum 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 bum. Luke, is there anything else pressing that's coming to mind? I'm sure I'll think of something as soon as we leave. 
Um, Hall of Fame game tomorrow. Very exciting. Um, the Bears had their first padded practice yesterday. Forty-eight plays. Yeah. Apparently, they're going to try to double that today. Yep, a lot of people are padded up. Demar Hamlin's padded up. Uh, a lot of minor to injuries to be expected. Crazy. Um, I don't know, man. I am. I'm. It's all roses right now. It's all roses. This is one of the funnest times of the year because, uh, aside from the the injuries that come in, like it's all fun and everybody can be excited and it's all optimism goggles. Unless you're a Colts fan, because that's fucked up. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I would think if I'm a Colts fan right now, dude. Do you like, know any I've, Colts fans? Even the one Colts fan yeah. we know is a half Colts fan. I mean, I have family that lives in Indy, but they're they're kind of like not big football fans. They just like the Colts. Like I feel like I feel like, and they're had, not in the they're not in the loop on all of the like transactions and airsay news. I feel like the Colts, like since Peyton Manning, have been wholly ident- identityless. Like, exactly. You know I mean, like, who the fuck? The are identity they? was Peyton Manning in the passing, and offense. what an identity! And look, like, you took you took care of them, sure, but Peyton Manning's done a pretty good job of not necessarily like doing a whole bunch with the Colts organization anymore. And guess what? Pat McAfee, who I used to watch a little bit because I thought it was. Dude, he fucking sucks. That show sucks. They're so annoying. They're crybabies. Getting and paid he's, dough by ESPN. ESPN's got to fire all these people yep. so, so they can keep Pat Mack. So they can bring they in gotta, Pat Mack. They got to have a guy in a fucking tank top drinking beer. Uh, so they got to fire everybody else. Probably so, making more than Stephen A and shit. That's like, part right. of the issue. But also, he's going to go fucking cap for Earsay because that's his daddy. Like, of course th- these people are. Like... It's, it's just year, gross, man. Every year I get older, every year the Colts unravel, and every year I think Andrew Luck was right. <laughs> Andrew Luck to was get like, out. fuck this. I'm tied to this organization, and I'm going to get hurt for these assholes. Fuck First off, this. they're in Indianapolis, which say what you will, Indianapolis is a fine city, but it is certainly not one of the best fine. NFL cities to be in. Like, no. there are way better locations to be in. Can't they let him on the weekend. Yep, they let him... <laughs> dude, it's a very conservative state. Um, they let him get beat to a fucking pulp for years and years when he was the only thing going. And then they absolutely flamed him when he retired. And they, the, the fan base treated him like shit. And guess what? Mm-hmm. The fan base are showing their colors again. Because That's on right. Twitter, I'm seeing all these fuckers saying shit about Jonathan Taylor and saying terrible things about him, calling him terrible things, all because he wants to get paid a fair rate. And guess what? I think that a lot of the things that are coming out are outright lies leaked by the ownership committee. Like, reports that Jonathan Taylor's seeking 16 million a year. I think that's fabricated. Um I think that the trade stuff is fabricated. I think that the trade interest is fabricated from his agent. I think it's all fucked and out in the open and they should keep those skeletons in their closet. I I I couldn't agree more. It's all gross and hopefully it gets I don't know. Hopefully he just gets out. Hey, I hope he just gets I, out. I hope he doesn't play this season and they he doesn't miss I hope he doesn't miss um an accrued season like he finds a way to like hold in but I hope he does it and they it shows how fucking bad a- Anthony Richardson's going to be without the running game because guess what their backup running back broke his fucking arm the day after all this shit happened so 
They need Jonathan Taylor, and I'm telling you right now, as good as Anthony Richardson is, he's not a fucking intermediate thrower. He can throw also, bombs deep, and he can run hard. right now. It's- it's just hard to put any rookie in as a day one starter, and usually they're not Anthony Richardson. They're Bryce Young. You know what I'm saying? So, and I don't know, man. It's so fucked up, but it's so exciting at the same time because it's not our we team. Don't got any, yeah, not our problem. No skin in the game here. We just get it's to watch it. We just team. get to watch it burn, baby. Um, Luke, my my beef and vegetable soup I made yesterday was so sublime. Um, I slow cooked fried rice. Oh. I I slow cooked beef bone broth with marrow bones, and then I I small diced up all the veggies and potatoes into cubes, and I took the stew meat and made it small, and I added two cans of uh, fire roasted tomatoes, and it's like a tomatoey beefy like soup, like a almost like a minestrone, dude, but without the, the cir- circle noodles. I am the you're bear. You're the bear, dude. I watch one episode of the bear, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm fucking chopping onions and cilantro to go into my pre-cooked carnitas and going, yes, chef. Dude, I I go over to D, who's like making the side while I'm making the main. She's my Sue, uh, and I go, mm, too acidic. You nope. You need to cook that down. Salt. And I just, you know what I mean. I'm just like going around. The bear, very good show. Uh, yeah, my my favorite seasons Solid. of series I've seen this year are both second seasons. And it was the bear, and it was the white lotus. I think both second seasons were phenomenal. Yep, we yep, got yep. Madden coming up in a few weeks. We got live football coming up tomorrow. We got more coming down the shoot. We're gonna have all of our predictions down coming in before the season actually kicks off. Um, that's all I got this week, Luke. Yep, me me as well. I'm I'm excited. I think I might have to give myself two extra weeks on Madden because your boy pre-ordered the the Spider-Man <clears throat> PS5. I forgot to bring that up. Um, I dude, so I about it. Since I'm a little broke, since I'm still searching for a job, I'm broke I, too. I'm financing this bitch with my Best Buy card. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll yeah, tell but the like. World. I looked and saw that the panels were in stock, and I almost ordered them, but I tried to be responsible, and they sold out instantly when I could have had them, and now they're saying they may not make more. So that's awesome, but I did get a pre-order in for the controller on Amazon. Nice. Attaboy. Um, I got very lucky, um, I, and I, I've been wanting it. Uh, I want to put the Spider-Man game in October, and the good news is, putting us all on PlayStation, me, you, and Brad are going to do an awesome fucking connected franchise. It's going to be so fucking rad. It's finally going to work. Um, Brad's going to throw for 7,500 yards with Justin It's going to be so frustrating. He's going to beat us. And, like, he, like I can't, I'm going to have to be in a different division. When we lived together, I, we were like, in the dude, same how does that it, work? It was he's brutal, dude. He's he AFC and we're in the same division. How the fuck is that going to work? Uh, I wondered if we should just all pick random teams in fantasy draft or like something almost like or oh we just, yeah we, I would if, almost rather it, do it, that. It might be more the, fair to make the yeah the the parody. Um, yeah, I think that could be fun. Yeah, I, it'll be cool. We got a Madden. Madden like literally is like you like watching Madden two thousand four training camp drills on Instagram, kids. We can put that back in the game. That doesn't cost us any money. So I'll be yeah, doing this for quite some time. They're doing press blasts saying how they revamped franchise mode and i'm like firstly thank you for Fucking doing at finally. least something i'm so glad to hear that you can now trade draft picks uh i think it was two three years into the future and you have six uh trade slots open and you can That's actually rad. structure contracts let me just tell you dude that like 
all the throwback uniform releases and the fact that they're going to be on Madden, that alone makes makes me ready to run through a goddamn. They are war. all of the ones they announced are going to be on it this year. Are oh, you sure? I'd imagine. Oh, I'd imagine. Okay, I hope they aren't always. Well, maybe I got too excited and trusted them. I'm not sure. You should look into that. The Kelly Greens just got announced. They look really good. Yeah. Uh, we are full bore into the NFL season. This is everything we've dreamed about. Um, I'm super excited, man. The Bears are in an entirely different place than they were when we started this podcast. Of course, I should be optimistic. We have guys um, in the national media claiming that Justin Fields is on the precipice of becoming the next NFL superstar. I don't know. Like, look, I agree with everything that the person said, but I think it was Greeny. But I just, I don't want the media to hype too much because it adds pressure. But I think Justin Fields is on the precipice of superstardom. I think at every step of the way in his football career, he's been a superstar. Um, His peers value him as such. Oh, by the way, Kirk Cousins did make the NFL top 100. He was top 50. Everybody was very happy with Kirk. I really liked what Hawkinson said. Like, it's it's sublime to think that Hawkinson's first fucking game in the building is uh, Kirk on the plane without the shirt, wearing the chains and stuff. Like, imagine that's your introduction to Kirk Cousins. Like, it's so different than what any like you know what I mean. Like, this guy is this guy. Like, look out for a man, a family man like Kirk feeling accepted by the Vikings family. Like, look out for a man who 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 who's who's that way because he's so comfy right now, and that's that's a dangerous thing. You know, Kirk comfortable. Look out. And Addison's going to be good. All right, let's get out of here, dude. All right, man. Uh, for NFL Mayo, I've been Luke. I've been Aiden. This is a long way. Aiden, day. is it Ursay or is it Earsay? Earsay. Are you sure? No. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want to hear a funny one that I had to stop myself on earlier? NFL Mayo. <laughs>